I got something to talk about. This world is messed up and crazy. How I'm supposed to know? How I'm supposed to show? Afraid you see me, then afraid you let me go. Somebody paid me the way. I'm just trying to grow. Start a fire, let them see the smoke. Angel wings in the streets of gold. Loose change, gotta pay the toll. And it's a rocky road. They try to tell you to stop. They don't want you at the top of the spot. You gotta take you it. Gotta take you it. gotta make it. You gotta break it, chains. You gotta break it, chains. You gotta break them 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 chains. You gotta break them. So here we go. The Ultimate Bachelor podcast. Um, here actually with a couple of guests. I have Ty here in in the picture with me, and then Bishop over there. Oh, lost him. Coming back. I'm here. I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm just shifting. I'm sorry. So, no, you're good. So Bishop and Ty um, here actually to have a conversation. We don't even know what about because I reached out to Bishop. I've been having a lot of crossover conversations over the last uh, three or four days with several more scheduled to basically everyone's stuck inside. More people are listening. Why not have as many conversations as you can have? So the lockdown is real. The lockdown (laughs) is real. So what I'm going to do is let each one of you introduce yourselves um, and, and give us the lowdown on you. And then we'll get into a couple things. Word. Okay, should I start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, I'm Tyrone Crowder yeah. uh, from the Elephant in the Room podcast. Uh, former high school teacher, Chicago resident. Wow. New York, Atlanta resident. Yeah. Um, just an um, entrepreneur, someone who had uh, overcome a lot of uh, things by how I think, how yeah. I mm-hmm. look at things, how yeah. I mm-hmm. see things. And uh, just had an incredible amount of revelations about some of the things that seem to vex a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I say, why not put in a podcast? Why not share this? Yeah. Yeah. And so I appreciate you, yeah. my brother, by giving me my, my, this shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so I forced him to be on this one because <laughs> he's telling me about just what he said. And I'm like, why are we not already recording this? And he's yeah. like, well, let's do it this week. And I said, well, I have one today. So <laughs> Come on. through. <laughs> so, uh, for sure. Bishop, go ahead. Yeah, so my name is Adisa Banjoko. My nickname is uh, Bishop. And um, I'm kind of a weirdo, meaning that uh, I started writing about hip-hop really early when I was like 17. I got to interview Easy e and NWA before they blew. Wow. And I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, but I met Easy on a fluke before, right when Boys in the Hood first came out. And it wasn't even a hit yet. Like it had just wow. been released. That's crazy. We be- yeah, we became cool. That led to me just running around hella crazy hip hop circles. So, like, me and Pac was cool before he blew, wow. you know, me and Master P, me and, you know, a lot of people, hieroglyphics, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I grew up in this hip hop world. Then I started working in Silicon Valley for a while. And then in 2006, I started an org called the Hip Hop Chess Federation that fuses chess and jujitsu um, and tries to teach kids like life strategies based on that. And then um, 
you know, been doing that since like 06. And then I'm, I'm, I, up until recently, I was the head jujitsu coach at Zaytuna College in Berkeley. Okay. Uh, and I'm also a high school teacher. So, and I've written a few books on like wow. hip hop and other randomness. Yeah. And so we linked because a, a high school, a friend of mine suggested while I'm doing these crossover conversations to, to reach out to Bishop. So, um, talk to us about your podcast though. <laughs> yeah. My podcast is called Bishop Chronicles and, um, it's on iTunes, Spotify, yada, yada, YouTube. And basically what we do is we talk about chess and martial arts strategies that, that you can use for your own life. Right. right. Like, how do you live what you play on a chessboard in your actual day to day? How do you live what you learned on the mat, like in, in you know, in interpersonal communications? Sure. And so that's what my book is about, Bobby Bruce in the Bronx. And so the podcast is about that. I recently um, had I found two old interviews that I lost one with Eddie Bravo right after he uh, had his rematch with Hoyler Gracie. And then I found audio of me and Rizza from Wu-Tang Clan talking to incarcerated teenagers in St. Louis during the Ferguson uprising. Wow. And so I just been starting to kind of like roll that stuff out and it's been pretty cool, man. It's been that's, fun. That's super dope. That's, um, that's I mean, great. anything that you can talk about to, you know, open people's eyes or, or see the cross between conversations or, or help people understand, I think is really mm -hmm. powerful. So, yeah. So, I mean, one of the main things that people, and they don't know this, like I had to go do all this stuff cause I'm a nerd, right? This is not common knowledge. Right. right. But like people don't realize when they listen to rap music, that rap music celebrates chess more than any other form of music in the history of man. Well, in the history more. of man explain it right so what i'm saying is that i'll start from the beginning but then i'll i'll i'll, I'll bring it back around so like for instance um in august of 1972 bobby fisher beat boris basky to become the, the the world champion okay now right a year later dj cool herc who's considered the godfather of hip-hop starts a party in 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 the West Bronx that changes the course of the planet forever because that was the beginning of what most people consider hip hop to emerge. Okay. okay, that same year, Bruce Lee debuts Enter the Dragon in New York, wow. and what that does is it creates because America was so racially and culturally siloed, it appeared as though these were all happening completely different ways, times, and different groups. Hmm. But chess at that time was a huge sport to America. It's a right. sidebar conversation now. Right. But in those days, PBS had its greatest ratings ever during the Bobby Fischer gaming. Wow. That's unbelievable, right? That means all of America was straight up watching, okay? Right. So what happens is the same parks where people were rap battling were the same parks where the chess was happening. Right. Which was the same parks where these battles of mind and art begin to cultivate. So you look at 73, you see this emerging thing. By 1983, right, rap is really starting to be on wax, right? Because in the 70s, it was super, super brand new. By 80s, it's starting to be on wax and stuff like that. When you get to 88, you start hearing EPMD talking about chess. 
You hear Public Enemy, right? A big politics group, right? No matter what the name, we're all the same. Pieces in one big chess game, right? And so all of this stuff starts to roll out. By the time you get to the 90s, you got the Wu-Tang Clan, right? And so you have African-American men, women, and children coming out of a post-Civil War era. And what they're trying to do is reclaim some aspect of their warrior culture. And that's what Bruce Lee and the Shaw brothers was doing. That's why there was always some black dude in the hood wearing them Chinese shoes. You know what I'm saying? That's why there was always some black dude in the hood with nunchucks un under his jacket, right? Because he was watching Bruce Lee. And this is how uh, this, this started to cultivate. It apexes with the Wu-Tang Clan because they embody so much of it. Right. But lots of rappers still talk about chess. Eminem, Drake. I think Two Chains was just talking about it like two albums back. You know what I'm saying? And the truth of the matter is all of the top rappers are chess players. Well, Will Smith, yeah. 50, you know what I mean? The list goes on. Well, I think anyone that's trying to stay stay sharp um, understands the strategy around chess, mm -hmm. understands the competition, understands it's a mind game. Um, I think when you talk about going back and forth, and this may be digging too deep into it, but mm -hmm. when you talk about a rap battle, if you will, it's going back and forth, just like chess is going mm -hmm. back and forth. Yes. Um, so I can definitely see the appreciation in it. Um, yeah. it, and it really, it's quick moving, you know, in yeah. settings like that. So it's, it's a lot like a rap battle. So I can definitely it, see it. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, you gotta be strategic. You have to be present. Right. You have to be uh, calculating, but not so calculating that you lose um, the reality of now. Yeah. And so, you know, I've taken these kinds of ideas in the juvenile halls into a lot of at risk high schools and had some really good success with it. You know, so I'm, I'm grateful. You know? Well, it's funny because, like I said, I brought two different people looking to who one who does podcasts, one who's looking to get his going a lot more mm -hmm. together. And it seems like the common theme there is working with kids. Right. Because what yeah, ages are you sure. working with a lot of times, Bishop? Well, right now, I'm mainly doing high school and college, but I've traditionally done it for all ages. Like, we used to have a program in San Jose, and kids as young as 5 to 17 were there. You right. know what I mean? Through the course of a day. Nice. And um, that's how I kind of tried to make it. So, like, in my book, I have these worksheets. So, I talk about the history and all of that, but I have worksheets where you can go through and you start to kind of answer questions for yourself about how do you look at things? How do you right. look at short-term goal planning, long-term, et cetera, et cetera. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, and at what age do we not need a better idea, right? Yeah. Or a fresh way to look at it on problem. Yeah, so right, that's right. all it really is. Exactly. And so Ty, I'll bring it to you. What, what ages did you work with most time? It was nine to 11. Okay. So it's high school. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly ninth grade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I told 19, I'm sorry. I, Ninth grade American history. Okay. Yeah. And okay. It's funny because he mentioned the post-Civil War. Yeah. And my concentration was post-Civil War, mm -hmm. primarily the uh, Reconstruction era yeah. to the end of the uh, Civil Rights Movement. Nice. Beautiful. Nice. So. It's funny because my podcast, hopefully people that listen to me, not there may not be very many, but <laughs> hopefully yeah, people yeah, that yeah. listen to me know that this is about the progression of men through uncommon conversation right and that's exactly mm -hmm. what this is mm -hmm. what i feel like i'm reaching out to most of the time is guys who are established mature who are trying to find 
the next step, right? You, yeah. Guys know how to just live and be, and even in a relationship, you know how to just be there and all that stuff. But but how do you make that next step to be sensitive and vulnerable and, uh, and all these things? What I don't touch most of the time is how that applies to younger males, right? How that applies <laughs> to people in high school. Because if we can teach them ideals about it's okay to be vulnerable it's it's okay to communicate you need to learn how to communicate yeah Um, all these things i mean even as superficial as fashion and hygiene past you know whatever's the trend right because because one of the things that i like to talk about now is guys don't really evolve past at a certain age right as an adult you don't really evolve past what your girlfriend tells you to do or what your friends think is acceptable, right? I mean, but it's funny because as a younger a younger adult, and I'm literally just thinking about this as 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 I'm talking about it. But as a younger adult, you evolve several different times, right? What you right. do in elementary school is not the same thing you do in high school. Exactly. So if we taught young men, and I'm sure you you're doing that now, Bishop, and you were doing it at the time. If we taught them these ideals and broke the stereotypes and the and the generalizations younger they we, we I, my podcast wouldn't be as relevant which would be great right because right, then right. we'd be talking no, about you're speaking best. truth right now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i want to hear ty go a, and then bishop don't forget yeah me. yeah, yeah. Sort of a great segue into the elephant in the room right. podcast what i um i'm looking to achieve right um Teaching high school, growing up in Chicago, being an avid reader, uh, having a very uh, good support system as a kid, as a black kid coming up, I always had this positive mindset, the way I look at things, you know? And so what I've learned that I've done over the years is that I've I've taken nothing personal. So racism, classism, gender issues i've never taken it personally right i've always looked at how can this work yeah how how am i looking at this in a way that negatively affects me and how am i looking at it in a way that positively affects me and how i can benefit right so with this understanding i began to just think and start to put pieces together and i become to realize you know that there is a vast amount of untapped potential in yeah. markets, in media, art, entertainment that is just untapped. Yep. And it's because of two powerful dynamics. One, and as a history major, I know this is as a truth. Uh, one is this one question. What is that question? And that question is, are all humans fully human? Mm. Uh, some humans fully human and some are the hum- whose humanity can be sort of graded on the on, on a sliding scale right. if you will and what I, and the second is this the incredible power of belief mm-hmm. and and what i believe and i've seen is that these two dynamics which are sub is on the subconsciously uh at the base of our decisions our everyday interactions this is that this drives our decisions our actions and many of these actions allow us to assume things 
that keep us in the box. Yeah. No matter who we are, whether we're rich, poor, black, white, it keep us in a box. Yeah, it right. keep us a box in terms of relationships. Um, right. In terms of uh, business opportunities, in terms of social uh, issues. And so understanding that and realizing this, uh, I say, okay, wait. Okay. So if we have these two dynamics that are holding many of us individually and collectively behind, then what's at stake, you know? And to, to spare the numbers, the potential in terms of markets is right. greater than tech, data, AI, yep. you know? This, this assumption that some people you'll get a good return you you'll be able to benefit from you'll be able to uh accomplish or achieve uh things and some people you can't that means you're leaving a lot, a lot of people out a lot on the table yeah and so uh with that understanding i i was like okay listen what what are we doing what what is happening at, at with all of this uh, sort of bias, yep. you know? And what is this bias? Yep. Well, really quickly, uh, I'll gotta start with, cause I said that we many times assume that some people are fully human, some people humanity can be great on a sliding scale. Right. Right. So, and I also said that the belief system that we hold is the most powerful dynamic working in us, right? right? Mm -hmm. It's our greatest driving force. Okay, right. so uh, what is being human? What does that mean? Yeah, I think most people do not even, they assume they know, but do you really know? Okay, so let's say for the sake of this 15 minute podcast, yeah. Yeah. Right, <laughs> being human is being fully equipped. Right to achieve, to imagine, and to overcome any obstacle required. I mean, then your way yeah. to achieve a desired end, whether either by nature or by providence. This is being fully human, okay? Yeah. And so if I believe that this person, uh, okay, let me say that. I said that, and I'm gonna say this real quickly so I can close out. Um, we believe mostly in yep. America. 99.99% of us believe that white people, and all you, not just Europeans, yeah. Europeans and whites are different. Right. It's not yeah. necessarily the same thing. Right. But we grew up believing this, all of us, that white people are born fully human, right? No judgment, no, no, but- I, I would argue that a little bit, okay, but go ahead. Okay, fully human, yep. right? Despite their mistakes, despite their achievements, yeah, they're fully human. Yeah, right? based on and your definition, or based on what what society puts on them. Pretty much what society. Puts. Right. I mean, this is what we believe. Yeah. Okay. I believe that we're all human. Right. Like right, but most of us say we do, but our actions don't bear that out. Right. So if you ever want to believe what a person believes, if you want to know what they believe, watch their actions. Right, for right? sure. Right, so, and, and on the other end, we, in American society, right. majority of us, I believe, believe that blacks and not uh, necessarily people of African descent. 
because yeah. they're not the same necessarily. Right. Okay, they believe that black people are not fully human, born, right. but in our you know progressive society and adaptation, our modern adaptation, yeah. that they can achieve this humanity, right? Yeah. By you know things like going to the right school, you know being raised in the right neighborhood, right. you know, skin color, hair texture, so on and so forth, right? But the tragic re reality of this is that unlike white people, but some of us believe, I won't say 99, I believe 99, but I leave room. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Some of us believe that, I mean, that with black people, there's a belief that they can lose their humanity. Okay, just as they achieved it, they yeah. can lose it. How do you lose it? By going to jail. Yeah. I mean, your right. basic intrinsic human value is tenuous, yeah. right? They can lose it by going to jail, make a mistake, having kids too early, not giving their education, living in the wrong neighborhood. So this is many times how we as American view people. Yeah. You men, and now there's a many dynamics in between right. this large spectrum, but the truth of the matter is that most of us in America, ideologic, ideologically, uh, is has a racist viewpoint. Right. Well, right? yeah, and I, and I think that I go. See, it's funny because I was just having a conversation about racism not too long ago because I'm going to argue just for the sake of arguing, right? I'm going to mm -hmm. bring about, um, I'm going to be the devil's advocate, right? Even if I believe wholeheartedly in what you're saying, I want to, I think the best way to understand exactly what you're saying is to be able to argue the opposite okay. for you to get all your points across and for you to tell me, what what you believe right? Mm -hmm, right and so that's why that's why i would argue some of those points not because i disagree with them but because i'd want to understand them better um mm -hmm. so you went way deeper than i thought you were gonna go i'm just gonna be honest but but okay. some of that is is stuff that needs to be taught the same uh, way uh, the question i was really asking is how does this relate to the younger ages that you were teaching and what type of things should we be teaching them? That is definitely a part of it. And that's something I definitely want to come back to. I want to hear it. Bishop, do you remember what you were going to say when I first said that? It's take it from the top, homie. Cause he, 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 he went he really went, deep uh, and it was dope deep. and it was dope. I'm not mad, but now he got me thinking like, yeah. So now I need to hear, rehear the question yeah, and I'm gonna yeah, go. The question was, <laughs> Mine is usually focused on older, mature males. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was talking about the both of you have inter have had currently, you you still do, Bishop, interaction right. with younger in males. Yeah. Um, and, and what are some of the things that we could teach them? And why would it be so important to teach that to them? Because right. then it would make my podcast irrelevant. And that's when you put your hands on your head. <laughs> you wanted to say. So... So I think like there's a few things in the last few years, I've been studying some things on top of what I normally, you know, my whole chess, martial arts, whatever stuff. I think that um, one of the things we need to start looking at doing for young people in general is teaching them stoic philosophy. I'm a believer in stoic philosophy. 
Which would be a little bit of what he just did, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Which is helping people understand the role that they have in their own destiny, irrespective of what the odds look like, right? And keeping your duty to yourself, irrespective of your social status, your 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 income, etc. See, I want to I want to break down what you said right there because I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So the last two comments you you made that both included irrespectively, mm-hmm. say that again. I'm saying that uh, Stoic philosophy is going to teach a young person to persevere and and go after what their goals are, irrespective of their uh, race. Cultural so, status, so define irrespective, in that. regardless, you know right, what I mean? Like no matter, mm-hmm. no matter what your race, no matter right. what your gender, yeah. gender identity, et cetera, et cetera, with the stoic philosophy, you will have an idea of how to persevere and you will be given uh, an outline of things to, you will be given an outline of things to um, master your emotional self so you don't make the wrong decision. Wow. So this okay. is this is uh, big. Did you have something else to say? Because I don't want to cut you off. Well, the, just one quick thing. One oh. of the things that Riza and I spoke about when we were when we were in juvenile hall in St. Louis was just the idea that so many times, like young people um, and young adults, like they go to jail for like really just being over emotional in a moment, right? right? And then they can't take that moment back, but that mm-hmm. moment adds up to five, seven years in the clink or whatever, sure. right? And so I think by working uh through games like chess and martial arts but specifically stoic philosophy you can help young people regulate their emotions before the big incident happens right right so that when that stuff starts to come together they're going to be like nah uh i play chess and i can tell you that that's going to lead to that and that's going to lead to jail i'm out you see what i'm saying so so these are the kinds of things we try to share so i'm gonna challenge you both right and i think i'm gonna challenge ty the things he said and I'm going to, ch- I think you're going to be where I think. And I keep pointing to the screen because I can see you on the screen. Bishop. Actually, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. No, no, I'm chilling. Say, it's all um, good. <laughs> so I'm from Plano, Texas. Okay. Right? Okay. So both my, I mean, my household income between my parents, my dad is the president of a company. My mom's the vice president of a bank mm-hmm. for loans at a bank. Mm-hmm. I went to school with, sons of athletes former nfl players mm-hmm. former basketball players and the thing is those kids dads weren't the richest at the school right, right. Mm-hmm. because people a lot of co- corporations are moving their their headquarters to to plano because one you know texas has no state state tax mm. and then there's there's space so you can build as big as you want you can right you can uh, houses are cheap obviously right. taxes are down it's warm the weather's good yeah. Um, so so Dallas has become so transient, but that's not the point. Point is, I grew up in a well-off area, to where my parents were making a lot of money. Still, probably, I I don't want to say didn't get close, but but right. they, I, there was nothing for me to brag about, even though my parents made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I don't know anyone that lives in the Bay that's compared oh. to the rest <laughs> of the country not doing okay. Right. So explain. Right. I want to hear Bishop talk about what 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 he's coming from in regards to grow just growing up like oh well um i came from an upper middle class background yeah uh here in the bay 
And but my my father was was raised in the Magnolia Projects in in, in, sure. in Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Wheezy. Yeah. And everybody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then my mother was from a, another small town in in Louisiana called Monroe. They both moved out here and met separately. You know what I mean? Moved out yeah. here separately. Met met out here. And so I grew up upper 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 middle class black dude. However, the downside to that is there's only a few black families in the area. You know what I'm saying? And I was you get gonna called go a nigga all the time. And next thing you know, you fighting. And now you're the kid who's the trouble kid at school because you just fight people who call you nigga, though. You understand? Yeah. Like, you're not a problem. It's just that they want to be able to call you nigga in class and you just nod and go with it. And so these are the kinds of things we be like, damn, suburban, suburban black dudes have it made. And it's like, not really, because I'm fighting all the time and getting see, kicked out of school. You know what see, I'm saying? See, I'm, the funny thing is what Ty said, even though it wasn't the direction I was going in, is so important because that, what you said, I feel like is a mentality for someone from Chicago, uh-huh. right? Because Chicago is so segregated. It is. And you really do have people from all walks of life so close together too. Mm-hmm. You can have a neighborhood where the houses are $700,000 and you go two blocks, maybe not even two blocks, and there's literally projects right. where hey St. Louis is like that too. St. Louis is crazy like that too. You're St. right. St. Louis is like that, bro. And, and there's some other places. Um, and so what you explained, I don't feel that. Or I, I never felt that. And I want to say one, I I'm gonna let you go. But I didn't feel it because at my high school, if you weren't gonna graduate, they sent you to a different school. If you mm. got pregnant, they sent you to a different school. If you got in a fight or if you were continually getting in fights, you got to go, bro. They sent you to another school. I know kids who got a three nine in high school and were not in the top 10% at my school. And there were of that top 10%, probably seven or 8% had several college courses done before they left. And so not only that, my graduating class had 1170 people in it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had, a, it's a big school of, of success. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in Plano in general, there's three of those schools. So you're talking about an area North of Dallas that's potentially graduating 5,000 kids that all have this mindset that I have. Right. right. So for yeah. you to tell me that someone is valuing devaluing, any of that, I don't feel it. Now, since being in high school, you see a lot more. And so, like, I'm going to give one example, and then I'm going to let you go. I remember I was in college, right? So I went to DePaul University with a W, the with one in w. Indiana. He went to I DePaul went to with an L. Here's <laughs> <laughs> a different. But I went to a school where it, it they basically call it, like, the Harvard of the Midwest, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a private school really smart kids, Mm. uh, really expensive. um, And they, and they kind of get people from all over the world even to come to this small little school in Indiana. But still, you get some people who come from different backgrounds than me. Right. I'll never forget my freshman year, right? Go to class. It's, It's warm outside. I remember that I go to class. I'm in class. I look around. I don't see like two or three of my friends. I'm like, what's going on? Mm. They like, 
and so then I see him after class walking. There's a big quad. I see him walking. And they got a couple of dudes with him. I'm like, where are y'all in class? They were like, yeah, I have friends who are visiting. So, you know, we, I just skipped class. I'm like, cool. What school do y'all go to? They're like, we don't. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, we, we just don't go to college. And I'm like, why you? <laughs> how, how, how you don't go to college? Like, right. how's right. that work? Like, how'd that go? How, right. right? And, and they're like, what do you mean? We just don't go to college. Like, it's yeah. just, we just got jobs. We, right. And one of them right. probably went in the military. I think one of them was in the military, just home for a little bit. So, right. So doing what's totally okay, right? But to me, coming from a different background, everybody goes to college. Everybody yeah. graduates yeah. college, right? That's the script. Right. It's right. a script. I didn't even, so I didn't want to go to my high school graduation because that's just what happens. Mm. Like, that's not a celebration to me. I, I had to go. Mm. My parents made me go. I didn't want to go to my <laughs> college graduation because same thing. Everyone goes in my head, everyone goes, everyone graduates. That's not a celebration. Mm. I didn't go to my MBA graduation because it was all me and I get to decide. And, <laughs> and to me, I already had that mentality that this is what's going to happen. Right. So in right. contrast to what you're saying, no one can devalue me to me. Right. Because I know I'm going to graduate high school. But that's because yeah. you were fed into that structure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying right? to do. And so was I like you had two parents. Yeah. I had two parents who's yeah. kind of suburban upper middle. Like I'm finding when I go to juvie, man, like I met this one kid in juvie. He told me when he was five years old, there was a drug raid. His mom went to jail. His dad went to jail. And he was basically homeless on the streets till he was a teenager. From five. And then he, yeah. And yeah, homeless from five. Yeah. You understand? This dude I is a survivor. Okay. Yeah, right. So he gets out. So he says, like, I recently got out. And then my mom recently got out. And his mom and him didn't really get along because she was trying to mother him. But he was like, You ain't been here. Yeah. You know, you, you ain't been yeah. here, but what his perspective is on what is possible for him as a young black male from Oakland, California, with no parents, dude, yeah. that's a, yeah. it's just a different world. He, he never had a chance. Then, right. Never I, had yeah, a chance. Totally. Because you look at the, the opportunities I had, none of those opportunities happen without my parents. Right, right. Period. Without, without them, without them enforcing and instilling in me that mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen right my mm -hmm. my dad I, I went to college because i wanted to play basketball and i played basketball mm -hmm. but my dad when it came down to it more or less decided what school i was going to right, right. and looking back right. i'm like dang like it, i not only did i have a good time but it was the right decision with school he sent me to right right, right. that dude never had a yeah. chance yeah, I, I want to let Ty go because yeah, I know go ahead. Probably, yeah, absolutely. Probably waiting. Yeah, check yeah, your yeah. switchboards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody lit up. <laughs> Who is this guy, man? Coming yeah, with these yeah. flames. I'm gonna put a little healing bomb. All yeah. right, on go, this go. Yeah. fire that I set. Uh, I think <laughs> that you're saying that uh, we have traditionally looked at the issue of race and uh, race issues, right. bias as a moral, from moral lens. Yeah. And I think it hasn't been helpful, you know? And, Explain and I think, that. Explain what you mean by that through a moral lens. Someone uh, say, if you're, if you're racist, you're a bad person. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're biased, you're a bad person. Right. You know, and you're probably white, 
you're yeah. probably Southern. Yeah. And you're probably in a clan or some secret mm-hmm. racism. <laughs> right, right. That is a caricature. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The reality of racial bias yeah. in this country. Dude, I was and, having a conversation. I'm a I'm a I got something for you when we're done. But I was flames. having this conversation <laughs> earlier today with a white person uh-huh. trying to explain to them and I'll explain why, but go ahead. I, I yeah. I'm just my yeah. mind's blown. The fact <laughs> is this everybody is racist. Well that's what I was gonna say. So you everybody <laughs> Latinos, Mexicans, Arabs, Asians, whites, black, yeah. poor, rich, we're all racist. Everybody. Right? Why? But why? And I think that is the reason why America has this blockage yep. of mm-hmm. any advancement, mm-hmm. you know, not only just in education, and we'll be talking about that yep. really quickly, but in every aspect of our society, a blockage of potential because we say, hey, listen, I look, a, I look at things a certain way. But if I tell people I look at this a certain way, they're going to judge me. Yeah. They're going to mm-hmm. cancel me. They're going to yeah. do this. And the fact is, if you look at racism, racial bias, and all of the, uh, the things that it does to contract, yeah. right? Um, and you look at it through a, a moral lens, you're not going to get far. No. But if you look at it from what it truly is, which is a benefit or, 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 or a system of benefits, yeah. then you'll get a little bit further, yeah. right? What do I mean by that? What I mean is that uh, being raised in a racial society, okay, you, and you're taught that someone is less because of something they have nothing to do with, right. then what happens is that means that that person is going to be less than you, right? So that means if I'm working or if this person not working, you know, or if I'm uh, living in a certain area, this person doesn't live in a certain area. If I had experiences, this person haven't had those experiences and someone going to uh, cancel him or disqualify him or her because of that, then I'm in the clear, yeah. right? So, but if I say, hey, listen, Everybody has the same genius and potential. Right. You got a hundred thousand people living over here who are buying, selling, uh, uh, going into contracts. Hundreds of millions, billions of dollars of potential over here. Right. But I'm not going to pay attention to them because. You yeah, know, they're different yeah. in whatever way. Somebody said they're less. Okay. Yeah. Right. So of course, if there's an opportunity for creating a, a new opportunity, whether it be education, building new schools, starting a bank, uh, uh, breaking ground on real estate, whatever you're doing, if you're coming from the mindset that, uh, well, they're not gonna, I'm not gonna benefit from that, benefit from that yeah. let me not get into that, then what happens is you've already failed. You failed yeah. in, in, in your, number one, being true to yourself, and number one, being able to see a, a potential opportunity there. Now, let me, let me close with this. Let me close with this. We talked about belief system. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and time won't permit for me to go deep, deep. I'm trying yeah. to stay on the surface. Yeah. But, if, and we say that you want to know what a person believes, 
watch their actions. Right. Right. So if if I'm African American, yeah. right? And I'm part of an economy that spend one point three trillion dollars a year in goods and services. Right. But among people who are classified along with me, I only spend two cents of every dollar. <laughs> you right. got to, what is with that? Yeah. Right. You, can you truly say there's no bias? Not not I'm not being judgmental. Right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying if we look at many of the and I'm not judging my people, I love my people. Right. I'm just getting to a point. If we look at many of the actions and decisions of white people who are prejudiced. Mexicans who are prejudiced, Arabs who are prejudiced, right. educators, no matter who right. are their prejudice. Right. When you look on, at black people, you will see in terms of the, the output of the action, the same decisions, the same right. actions, the same uh, patterns. Ap patterns. Good right, point. Right. And so what I'm saying is that, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm going to go a couple of places. Because... <laughs> So being where I'm from and not having the restrictions that other places put on you or that mm -hmm. circumstance puts on you, like you, like you said of the mm -hmm. guy there, I feel like I can <coughs> look at it from a different space, right? Someone mm -hmm. calling me a nigger, I'm like, <laughs> okay, what, right, does right, right. what does that mean? Like right. to, to, to some people being called a nigger, <coughs> being called the the uh it's the ultimate insult it's the insult but uh but it's not an insult the word isn't an insult it's what they're what they're calling you when they call you that. Right. They're, they're calling you the black guy that's in jail they're mm -hmm. calling you the black guy that that has kids the bum father right they're calling you the drug addict they're calling mm -hmm. you the drug dealer they're mm -hmm. calling you all these things right that's what they're calling you right you call, you call me a nigga and i'm like Bro, I make more apply. money than you. <laughs> he's like, he's right. like, bro, I make more money than you. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, which, which nigga am I? Right, right. Which one of those right. are you calling me? Like, are you calling me the yeah. Jay Z nigga? Or are you, right. are you calling me? Exactly. Right. It depends on what you see, how you see mm, yourself. One hundred percent. What I'm saying is that it never does. Apply. Right. And that goes right. My belief system. Right. I'm sorry. That's no, true. And so where that takes me is racism has never affected me, right? Mm -hmm. Because I can, I, it never has been able to limit anything that I've tried to do. But that's a miracle coming out of Texas, though. No, it's not. To I me, mean, to me, when I, when I see you, when I hear about it, I'm like, what, for real? Like, what? Because that's not the Texas that's in my brain from exactly. the West Coast. Exactly. But it and is inspiring, though. And it's funny. It is quite. Quite it's funny. The other things you said was that everybody's racist. And this is the conversation I was having earlier today. Right. So I was with what, what happened recently with this coronavirus thing. There was a gym that was open mm. until it's still open, actually. But uh, there's a resident there I'm friends with. So I was able to go to this gym. It's in the building. Mm. I like to work out every day. So I was, I was using this gym. Right. Mm -hmm. Over the past week. Two older men happen to be white. Both have asked me, what, what, what unit you live in? And I'm like, well, I'm in 12B. And so the first time it happened, the, my buddy says they sent out an email saying that everyone 
or no, they sent out an email asking who this guy was in the gym. Mm. I, was, I was in the gym with three other people, two white girls and me, and I'm the only one he asked. Who gets questioned, of course. Yeah, only person, right? So yeah. Like, okay. Next thing, next next time it happens, a couple of days later, guy comes up to me. What 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 unit are you in? Probably because he saw the email from. Right, the- right. <laughs> I'm like 12B. That time, the front desk lady from the building comes in, asks me, you know, who you're with, all this stuff. Ask you, ask me right. the name of the resident. I'm friends. Right, with stuff. right. Day later. You can only go to the gym if you're with the resident that mm. go in the gym, right? Right. So that so that that racism uh, right. affects me, and now it's yeah. like, damn, you know, I, now I gotta now I gotta deal with this stuff that I don't I don't normally deal with. But the point to me is, they don't even. I, I bet you if you talk to them and you called them racist, like they'd be like, "What, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I, I employ black people." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Black friends. Yeah. And and then Hey, that's when you get the that's when the black friends comes out. Right. And and the thing is they probably they probably really don't even realize they're they're racist. They don't realize they're racist. But but I'm gonna say one more thing and then it's Mm -hmm. you, Bishop. Yeah. Everyone, like you said, everyone is racist and doesn't realize they're racist. Right. So to me, I I brush that that whole incident with the gym, whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. it's your building, do whatever Mm -hmm. you want to do. But but I understand it because if you look at black people, right? Black people are mad at me because I make more money than them, right? Asian people are mad at me because <laughs> their, their store got robbed by a black dude, however long. Right. But Asian right. people are also mad at the, the punk white kid that comes in, throws something on their store on the floor. And yeah. Mex- Mexican dudes don't want me to date uh, Mexican girls. That's right. I really think Mexicans are the most racist when you think about it. But, <laughs> but that's, oh man, that's another, they can that's go another, hard in the paint sometimes. That's another conversation. <laughs> but, but the fact is, what you said, and you didn't go as deep on this, is is I think looking at it from a different lens. I don't know exactly which lens to look at it from, but but that's that's the only way you can do it. And I think until. You admit you have a problem, which is yes. that I'm racist. Yes. Everybody can say that same thing. Yes. That's when you're not going to have any any progress. But go ahead. So I think there's a few things. One, this is a necessary and deep conversation. Two, it's very hard for Black people and other people, whites or anybody else in between, to have this conversation because we usually talk, we use the same words when we mean different things. Right. right? That's a good point. So, one of the first swings I'm gonna say is like racism. When I say racism, I don't know what anybody else means. Mm-hmm. When I say racism, I am talking about a system right. of white supremacy mm-hmm. that has the power to remove me, add me, subtract me, divide me from situations in uh, education, art, politics, entertainment, right? Law, yeah. mm-hmm. religion, but right? Yeah. These kinds of things. So that was, that was put together by a man named Neely Fuller Jr. He wrote a textbook on white supremacy in the early 80s that still doesn't get the um, accolades it deserves, um, but it, he breaks down the system of white supremacy, right? So when you went there to go work out, the system of white supremacy said, I feel fear of black male. Mm-hmm. Right. Not like I don't like black men. This guy is an open threat 
to my safety, my security, and, and, my sense and, of inner peace. He's running really fast on the treadmill. Right. So he's obviously faster and stronger than me, and I don't have time <laughs> for this. So I'm going to just go check in with the bylaws up in here and right. see who this, right? Okay. And so that's what a lot of that is. And so what happens is, and this is why, whether you're in the suburbs like me or in the cool uh, uh, gym like you or, you know, at the school like him, we're going to feel it because yeah. it because racism is was a it was active and attacking us before we knew it right. right when we were still in the crib white men were making plans for our future yeah right. that's hella deep you know what i mean that's hella deep and what i mean those plans for the future where the schools were at how much right. funding they were going to get what books we were going to get was all determined by our enemies and this is why malcolm x said only a fool would let their enemy educate their children Right. And yeah. so when we look at issues that African-American, uh, that, that black boys and girls have in society, in the space of education, you know, it's hard to just come from the heart and say, you know what, we should be having more control of our own schools straight mm -hmm. up. Yeah. And because we don't, we suffer. And people say, well, you know, what about Jews or what, what about Chinese or what about Japanese or what? Okay. A lot of times within their culture, they have their own schools. Right. So yeah, they went to school with yeah, us and then they went to Chinese school and now they're learning Mandarin and their culture. Right. We didn't have that. Right. And so at the beginning, it looks like we're having an even playing field, but culturally uh, we don't because most of us don't even know where we come from until, yeah. until ancestry.com. Most right. of us had no idea. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm a, oh, go ahead. What I, what I'm zeroing in on the best I can is human potential. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, you made a great, great point, Bishop, about our being able to make that connection to where we come from. And I think many of us process that in the lens of our, our, our upbringing. Yeah. But the mm. fact is, we're human. Yeah. And our humanity is connected to everything and it reaches back thousands and thousands of years, yep, yep, right? Yep. So what happens is we begin to gauge our relevance as a human being and our potential, which is vastly powerful. Yep. Yeah. The genius, the potential, you virtually are sitting here, I'm yeah. sitting here yep. as an example. Yeah, our, our human potential is so powerful and vast, but mm -hmm. we process it and we filter it through what we've been socialized with, yeah. with True. big buildings, nice homes, mm -hmm. certain neighborhoods, Grammy Awards, Oscars, Harvard. Right. Yeah. This is only a 400, 500 year reality. Yeah. We have been here for thousands of years. Now, what I'm yeah. saying about that is that when we begin to connect our humanity, mm -hmm. not just our culture or our blackness or our Americanness, once we start to connect to our, our human potential, yeah. then I think we will be able to do what I was talking about at first, was to be able to uh, see it now this is a moral or emotional issue, yeah. this racism, but as a benefit issue, sure. okay? Because you've been successful yeah. in your life. I have some success. Bishop has had some success. 
if you looked at yourself and compared yourself to the the, the lowest person you yeah. ever met, oh, well, I ain't got to go to DePaul. Oh, yeah. I ain't got to yeah. be the I'm doing good. No, you're not. Because yeah. he's not doing good. Yeah. Right. You want to do the best that you humanly believe you're, that's possible. Right. And what I'm saying about that and what I'm, what, what the elephant in the room is about is, number one, the power of belief and the power of, of our humanity. Right. Yeah. What what is being based on right now is how the power and the and the potential of that humanity is oftentimes being sacrificed or even uh um is being compromised by okay. by by what we see every day. Once again, it's not that I disagree with anything you guys are saying, but I'm going I'm to challenge you guys again. I'm going to shake ahead. it up. Shake it up. <laughs> I'm going to say something unpopular. Okay. Go, bro. That's what, that's what we need is, right now. Is racism, are you wrong, though? Because here you go. So that, maybe one of those dudes felt threatened by me, like you said, Bishop. Maybe mm, they felt mm, like mm. this guy could, could beat me up and this guy could steal my stuff mm -hmm. or this guy could could vandalize the building mm -hmm. or any of that stuff right mm -hmm. where'd they learn that they didn't they learned that in, 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 in their family or their school but they, it TV. wasn't wait, wait hold on or through through or through through entertainment remember when i went through those things remember when i said yep. education entertainment sure. law right all of that is the system that instills in them the same thing it instills in us exactly that's what i'm saying so that's that's another thing that needs to be broken down. I don't think enough times we switch it, right? Okay. And we say, is this, is this white guy calling me nigga? Is he right, though? Because he's not calling me nigga because of anything I did. We know that, right? Every right, time you right. get called a nigga, it's, it's – I don't know. Well, I, they try I, to treat you like one, I, I right? Probably, I probably <laughs> cut somebody off on the road, and I was acting real niggerish right then. <laughs> but, but most of the times, I'm never being called anything. Or, or, mm -hmm. and, and, and let's be honest, you're never ever called anything in the grand scheme. It's the look, it's the yeah. way they treat you. It's, it's the, the under vibe. It's yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. They give you that calls you nigga more than they'll ever say a word, mm -hmm. right? True. But if we switch it and we say, is he wrong though? Because I was talking about youth, right? And you're talking mm -hmm. about in the juvenile facility, all this. What are, what are, and you started to go here, but what, what do they see? Right. right. And, right. Then, and then the flip side, we automatically think they're racist. Why? Because because where do we get that? Right. Mm -hmm. This before a dude even says anything to you, you could you could probably call him racist. You probably having your your life. You'd be like, right. man, that's why I do race. Race is shit. You mm -hmm. don't know that, you know, some other situation that happened that maybe right. caused them to think that. And it had right. nothing to do with your race. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. He may have a black wife. Right. right. So true. You don't even Which know. don't make them not racist. Right. True. But but you don't know. What I'm right. saying is, you right, don't right. Know his circumstance the same right. way he that's doesn't true. know your circumstance. That's right. True. So that that that's one thing I always try and do is turn it around and say, is it just like we said that dude in the juvenile potential in facility mm -hmm. had no chance, right? Had no chance to achieve what I've achieved. Right. No chance to make the right decision because he has no guidance. Right. And no support five year old. Five-year-old's gonna take himself out of out of the game. Right. Was there ever a chance for any one of those white dudes to not be racist? 
Like, has he ever even known a black dude like that's me? A very good point. Right. You have a, I mean, that's that's one thing. No, that that's about. a big deal, right? And a lot yeah. of it has to deal with 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 human interaction. You know, like um, I move in a lot of circles because you know uh, I worked a lot in Silicon Valley before before I got into education. Yep. And 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 so you know I came across a lot of. You know, the first company that I worked for in the Valley, everybody came from Terre Haute, Indiana. And oh, yeah, I lived in Indianapolis and I do medical device sales. So I cover Terre Haute. So I know Terre yeah. Haute really well. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So like, those are like real white boys. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So when they when they came to Cali, like they were hella shook from everybody. Right. Shook from the Mexicans, shook from the right. blacks, yeah. you know, um, you know, very, very Republican and very conservative, which is their right to be wherever that's, you know, that's where they're from. But I noticed over time, one of two things happened. Either they softened their perspective as they got exposed to more diverse cultures and communities, or it hardened them. Yeah, good point. Where they was like, nah, bruh, Terre Haute, what's up? You know what I mean? And that, yeah. I, that mentality, that psychology. And so the thing is, is that this is why racism is so um, dangerous and corrosive, because it damages white minds just as bad as black minds, just in totally different ways. Yeah. And that's how you get your, 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 um, your white privilege actions, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Well, um, I mean, many of which they don't even know, they don't even understand how right. much happens. Like when I get pulled over by the police, if any of us get pulled over by the police, this is an opportunity that any of us could die. Yeah. Every yeah, time we get pulled over, it's life and death. Every time they get pulled over, their cousin, their uncle, not the case. That's yeah. true. And, that, and that's a big deal. Now, part of uh, the elephant in the room uh, concept is how people lobby, groups have lobbied for whiteness. Mm -hmm. I have books True. on how Jews became white, how the Irish became yeah. white, how Italians yeah. became mm -hmm. white. Yeah. It took them a longer time, but, yeah. and so they lobbied for whiteness. So, right. But but in the, that lobbying, there were benefits. There were political power. There was the chance to uh, uh, pull down industry, different yeah. things, right? So, and like when, what I was going to say earlier is that there is a characteristic of white supremacy. Now, white supremacy has a very ugly, and it should, connotation. Because it means, to most people, Nazis and Klan, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, yeah, that's but true. But it's not really that. No. Most of it is that I, by virtue of my skin color, yeah. can do things that, by virtue of his skin color, he cannot do. He'll never be able to so start, right? When the Jews came here in the turn of the 19th and the early 20th century, they were not at all considered white. Yeah. No. Same they had the a hard time. Yeah. They had, yeah. The, the the Italians were considered anarchists and they were consistently mm -hmm. deported. Yeah. Like they were Mexican. Right. So they right. this whiteness. But what they lobby for, they 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 basically, how can I say, adopted yeah. the white supremacist uh creed or code. Right. But they kind of filter it. Yeah. Right? Right. So that it will benefit them. Sure. Right. So what I'm saying is that there's a form of whiteness yeah. that we as African Americans could have or should have advocated for. Obviously, we couldn't get right. it, right? But the, the, the tragedy 
because an example of that would be Black Wall Street. Yeah. But mm -hmm. we were saying, because that whiteness really mean American. Right. It means right. American. Right. It means accepted I fundamentally. Sure. I have equal uh, yeah. protection under the yeah. law. Yeah, That's yeah. really what whiteness means. Right. Right. So, what. Uh, uh, the, the 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 closest thing I could say to uh, that would be Black Wall Street of yeah. 1920s, yeah. right? They just wanted some land, buy land, do their yeah. thing yeah. without with equal protection under the law, right? So what happened in my closing is that by the time the 50s came along, the concept of having this collective lobbying power right. objective like the jews the, the irish god bless them yeah and these european uh groups accomplished we said no wait we don't need that right what we need we need to be drafted in or grafted in mm -hmm. into the whiteness that the jews have the irish and these other groups have right, right? which which was different and it was like a departure from what the 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 people in the twenties want right right and so all I'm saying is that it, what we need and what I think uh, we need to go back to really quickly and I'm done with this is that advocate for as a group yeah for full Americanness based on on our humanity right not the skin color not comparison to right. white groups or whatever. And I, and that just continually, I continually go back to the, the potential and the power of our humanity. So, yes. And this was the other challenging thing I was going to say to you, too. Sorry mm -hmm. I took so long. No, you good. Cut it no, down. it was golden. You You're speaking fine. real stuff. Yeah, it's all real. I'm going to be the asshole again. Be the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because they have what we want? why it's not fair follow me on this when white people want something we have right right, right. don't we do the same thing so by example damn that white boy can hoop right do right. you ever go on a basketball court and go hey damn that nigga that nigga that black dude can hoop no that white boy can rap when you want to talk about hip hop, that white boy can rap. That white boy cold, right? Mm -hmm, right. You don't ever go. That black dude is cold, right? Mm -hmm. When when white people come, when white people come to the hood, and mind you, I didn't grow up in the hood, but being in Chicago, right, right. I see a lot more than I saw right. before. So I'm not trying to act like <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> the, he ain't claiming Southside, but he's just right, saying he saw right, something. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what? I, it's funny because I I'm saying it because. I can drive through Southside Hood, and right. I I really don't have to worry about anything. I mean, right. if someone's up to something, they're gonna be up. But right. if it's gonna no be matter. yeah 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 but, yeah work. But a white person can drive through there and probably get messed with just because they're white, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all the it's all the. But things. do they see? But do they? But is it over race or is it because they're white? It is assumed that they have money. No no no, because they're gonna get well 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 well. If, well, he drives if, a very nice car. Well, so. That's what I'm saying. I was about to say, if I drive through there in my car, either right. one of my cars, because it could be Jack Time. It could be Jack Time. Hold on, I'm saying this. I'm saying either one of my cars because I'm not that nigga. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if I drive through there in any one of my cars, it's a lot less likely to be Jack Time 
as you said, and if a white <laughs> right. dude is, is driving That's through true. there, neither one of us might get, you know, get jacked. Most likely nothing's going to happen to either one right. of us, but I guarantee it's more likely to him than me. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And that's, and so that's the thing I'm saying is, is it because they have what you want, then it's all of a sudden unfair. Right. So I, I don't what, believe that. Let me finish. Like real quick, that though. Question, though. The like thing it. is what they want is holds so much power. What they have, if we're talking about us and them, right. Cause I don't always feel like that, but what they have is, is opportunities, money, power, all, all these things that are, aren't easily accessible just based on the color of our skin and our opportunity most times. And then I'll leave it. Go ahead. I just think that, you know, I don't really want what anybody else has. I just want to be left alone. I think that when you really look at like early black civil rights movements and stuff like that, like, I didn't interpret the aspirations as I want to be white. What I interpreted the aspirations was, is leave me alone, leave my wife alone, leave my children alone, leave my schools alone. Let us be. But do you think the, we're that still was, there? You think we're still there? You think you still need to be left alone? You, you think that's still a thing? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Fun, and and I'll funny, tell you, I'll tell you. It's funny uh, for me to say, just getting kicked out of the gym, right? <laughs> well, <I'm>, know, right? <laughs> leave, leave me alone in the gym. Leave me alone. But anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Right. right. So what I'm saying is, is that, is that um, to me, a lot of the civil rights movement and the black power was really not about black power. It was about black peace. It was about, if I want to start a business, I should be able to get that loan. Stop boxing me out because I'm black. Right. You know, and that's why in the hood, the Arabs have liquor stores, Chinese have liquor stores, black man has nothing, right? That's that, that's the thing. My my father worked for United Airlines. He was a manager of the of the of the machine shop, right? But the deal was was that he wanted to have his own electronics store. He never got a loan. He never got a loan. This was a man who had a job for more than 30 years at the same spot, prosperous. He could never get it. And it wasn't because he didn't know his math. He had a master's degree. It wasn't right. because he 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 wasn't a trustworthy human being. He, he had you know no no jail record no whatever. He was black. They were not giving those loans. And so that kind of stuff is what we're really talking about. I don't think that black people want what white people have. I think that black people want whatever they want, and right. they want the 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 peace and protection to pursue it the same way everybody else has been able to, and we haven't. And that's why when you look at the prison, when you look at the court, when you look at the numbers in court, yep. When you look at the at the hiring biases, when you look at the at the at the acceptance rates in colleges, it all speaks to race way more than than anything else. And so that's what I think they want. Another uh, another unpopular. But I gotta comment. go in before you go really quick. <laughs> okay, so I would say yes, we want it. We want it. We want what they have. Right. Okay. If we, I, I'm just afraid that we've allowed we. We've drinking the Kool Aid, yeah. As a right. group, we've yeah. drunk. Right. We've drinking the Kool Aid. We drunk, drunk the Kool Aid. Um, in the twenties, I keep going to the twenties. Um, the average uh, black banks, uh, there was at least one bank owned by black per every city, yeah. right? And in some cities, there were four or five black banks. Right. The mm. insurance companies in the United States. Uh, Blacks almost half of the insurance company in the United States uh, prior to 1960, yeah. right? So what I believe happened with integration, and I'm not a conservative, I'm right. just saying. 
what happened is I believe that we were on the path to holding right. on to our humanity right. and being a history teacher, teaching history for 10 years. I'm like, I'm reading the books. I'm reading Booker T, WB, all these guys. I'm saying, when are we going to say that we are human? Right. Mm. Talk mm -hmm. about, oh, we're going to, we're the first black this, we're the first black that, first black that. But when are we going to say that we're human yeah. and function from that perspective? And I think what happened, what the Europeans have, and I know they didn't have our experience, we, but they've said, okay, we're human. When we came to America, they treat us like we're not human, but we're human. Right. And I think we were saying the same thing in the 20s, 30s, 40s. And I think in the 60s and the 70s, we begin to say we're, we're, we're acceptable. Yeah. We can be acceptable. So, and I think that's when we lost out. And we're only going to go for 10 more minutes. I just put a timer on. Because mm -hmm. y'all aren't going to keep me here all night. <laughs> we might. <laughs> but but I got I got another thing. I said one more unpopular opinion. And I, and I was trying to make, if we're going to go into race, I try and make it, as you guys can tell, equal in, in giving, a, giving everybody a chance based on their, their thought process, not based on their upbringing, all that stuff. Right. But – do since we're making it about black people do you think black people are too proud to to get where some of those other groups have been and i'll explain you talk about the irish and the jews and whoever else came over here right mm -hmm. you it's it's documented through history how they how they struggled how these immigrant groups struggled mm -hmm. and how they overcame and worked hard and owned little shops and 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 gradually got to whatever level of white you you're saying mm. Mm. black black people may have started behind them probably started behind mm -hmm. them right mm -hmm. but but in a lot of ways they were hated just as much as as black people and and in a lot of ways even now if someone comes over from another country and doesn't act a certain way america's not accepting them right mm -hmm. Mexican look at Mexicans right? right exactly good point uh, so to me it's like here's the unpopular comment are black people lazy though because I feel like sometimes it gets into a, a space where black people want things to happen but they don't want but they don't want to do the work to get there and that's and, a great that's a great that's a great uh perspective because you look you look at the black culture and call me an uncle tom call me from a different neighborhood call me whatever you want to call me black people are lazy all right so here i'm a, i'm a, i'm a, I, I gotta step in on this and here's yeah, the deal here's the deal he mentioned the brother mentioned black wall street yep what happened to black wall street white people destroyed it they yep. murdered everybody there yep. don't tell us we're lazy Right. Because yep. that's not real. That's not yep. factual. Yep. Right. You can look at black patents that were stolen. You can look at uh, Jack Daniels. The man who made Jack Daniels was taught by a black man, stole his recipe and bounced. Don't yep. tell us that we're lazy. He made yep. billions. Yep. He made generational wealth off of that black wisdom. Yep. Right. So uh, then we can even take it and say, OK, well, black people, are we lazy? I don't know. Was Malcolm X lazy? Let's yep. ask him. Oh, we can't. He was assassinated and yep. nobody ever figured out what happened. Let's go ahead and uh, look at somebody else. Martin Luther King. Are we lazy? We can't ask him. He suffered the same Two totally polarized 
different solutions to helping us. Both were murdered. Yeah. Honorable Elijah Muhammad, right? Chicago said the black man must be self-sufficient. What happens to him, right? His organization is ostracized and set aside. Now, so is uh, uh, Mar Marcus Garvey, right? So every black leader who came to us in the name of what white people say they want to see from us, they were murdered, exiled, or pushed aside. So we can never achieve that because what they say they want for us is the very thing they're afraid to see us do. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so yeah. this is the problem. So it's yeah. like, I can't say that we're lazy when we didn't educate ourselves. We're, our children are educated by our enemies and our right. enemies educate their children for the benefit of them. Yeah. So we're, again, we are consistently at a deficit. And so I can't say that we're lazy. I can say that we're given the worst options. We're mm -hmm. given the worst equipment. We're given the worst books. Yeah. And then we're measured standing next to children whose parents, you know, I will never take anything away from a hardworking Jewish, Irish, Asian person at all. Yep. That's not yep. the point. The point is that this is what, what white supremacy does to black men, women, and children. It doesn't do to anybody else. So we can say, oh, yeah, the Jews face some things. No doubt. We can say the Irish and the Italians face some things. They didn't have their genitals cut off and they weren't hung from bridges. They yep. didn't have... Um, schools bombed churches bombed with girls just going to pray to god and they get bombed they didn't have to deal with that because mm -hmm. if they did this history would be in the in the, in the country would be totally different and sure. so we simply have we live in and this is what nobody really wants to talk about we live in a holocaust in slow motion yep, yep. okay so the point what i what i want to make a uh, point about that um, is that um, first off hold on you mad at me, Bishop? Hell no. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, no. The point is that... No, I just want to make sure that those things valid. are said because people are thinking that, right? It's a valid question. Yeah. 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 And yeah. The thing it's is, it's is, fair. Yeah. yeah. The thing is that we have disconnected from our humanity. Yeah. Not all of there. us. Not all of us. Yeah. Too many of us, right? Because we want the same thing everyone else have. But yeah. You gotta give credit to the trauma that he expressed. Right. You gotta give credit to that. Yeah. However, human beings through the course of mankind have always overcome. I mean, great true. That's fact. Psychological terror and trauma. Yeah. We can do it. Right. But I think what happened is, and it goes into what I was saying before about the benefits. Yeah. Right. We have been psychologically scarred as black people in this country. That doesn't take away from our great jobs, great families, yeah. like your mom and dad, yeah. great institutions. Absolutely. It doesn't take away yeah. from it. But we do have to pay attention to the fact that many of us have bought into the fuck it. Yeah. concept sure. all right mm -hmm. as long as we got a cardi b or, uh, <laughs> or somebody who's gonna win a grammy that's not gonna it's solve good. a problem so it's crazy it's crazy you say that because i don't want you to stop but i think what you just said was a more elegant way of saying what i was saying that maybe maybe you don't want to call it lazy but because they don't even know about this next step yeah they're just not doing it Right. Does it's that make true. Sense? Yeah, that's, no, no, no. That's fair. I think we lack blueprints. Right. We do. Perfect. That's what we lack. And you, you know, and, and Jews, because all perfect. three of our things come yeah. together right there. Yeah. You talked mm -hmm. about there's no perfect. education there. You mm -hmm. talked about that that uh, because there's no education and because I have this mindset, you know, I'm good. I got a right. car and, yeah. and a job at right. at a convenience store. Sorry, Bishop. No, but to your point, right? Like, 
when you talk if you see a black man like a high school kid be like yo you could be a lawyer if you ask him how many black lawyers he knows he doesn't know anybody right, right. but then like he knows more men that look like debo than look like an attorney right yeah. and so that's going to impact his sense of what he's capable of right. if he doesn't see the black attorney unless it doesn't burn and smolder in his heart to achieve that is he he may falter mm -hmm. you know he may falter and this is what we suffer from continue right. brother what you, what you were saying so how do we tap into that 1.3 trillion dollars in opportunity yeah well how i mean we, i mean I think what's a solution yeah i mean there's it's a it's a it, back to what bishop said i think it's all about education i don't i don't i don't too, know. i'm not saying it it can't happen for us but it but it might essentially yeah, be yeah, too yeah, late yeah. for us right. as opposed to a kid that's 15 16 being able to bring a different wave and i and i know that's really dramatic for me to say it's too late for us but but we're not gonna be a movement for forever we don't no, have enough time real. Left yeah, to be a no 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 you're real and and the True. guy that's 15 doesn't have enough time to be a movement for forever it's gonna it's gonna have to be that we can like will smith said you lay a brick and then that 15 year old is the next brick yeah and, and True. his son is the next brick yeah. and then you got a wall but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be controversial here. We have I believe that we have to stand up and say we need marriage. Yeah. Right, I'm going to probably sound like a conservative evangelicist. What if I told you I was I a conservative? I hope it, I hope I hope I don't, <laughs> right. but I'm just going to say your mom and dad, yeah. they stuck together, right? right? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think in many parts of our society we'll say, well, uh, that's white. No, that's human. That's human, yeah. That's a solution that has been proven. Right. Get married, stay together the best you can, if you can. Yep. If you right. can, right? Save your our, money, stack our bills. Mom and dad, they right. were able to do it. Unfortunately, sometimes we can't. Stack Mine too. Your money, buy a home yeah. like you've done. Uh, mm. Open that store, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, uh, be responsible yeah. about your actions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I, I'm thinking that some of these things don't get pregnant if you can. You know yeah. what I mean? Get so I'm saying some of these things that many of us are afraid to say. No, that's white. No, yeah. that's not. Yeah, that's human. Yeah. You know. And so I think if we advocate for much of this stuff, I think some of the solutions we'll move that needle. Yeah. Maybe from three percent to like eight percent. Yeah, we, <laughs> we're we're cutting off there, but okay. I definitely want to have other conversations with both of you. Um, yeah, maybe not, if not together. Thank you for having us on, man. This was great. Yeah, thank you for, for having sure. me, so, man. So, um, <laughs> sorry it, for throwing that bomb. Hey, you good? You good? No, oh, yeah. that's what's up. <laughs> it is Ultimate Bachelor with <laughs> with Bishop with Ty, the Elephant in the Room podcast. Look for that one, uh, Bishop. If you want to sign out yourself? Go ahead. Yeah, word. I just want to tell you, uh, please check out Bishop Chronicles on YouTube um, or Spotify or iTunes. Um, it covers hip hop, martial arts, and life strategies and fitness. I appreciate you guys for having me on today. It was an honor. These, it was an honor. these are the great conversations that I like to have that I think we still need to keep having. And, you know, ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, we need to um, keep faith in ourselves, yeah, you know, yes. by yes. any means, man, by any means. We got to keep faith in ourselves. And, and we got to cultivate our peace within so that we yes. can continue to be more peaceful with those uh, around us. You know, an idea I have, and, and I want to talk to you about it offline, is, mm -hmm. is getting some of those younger guys 
you work with into these conversations to understand what they think and to and to tell them you know what what we've learned because we've got we've got a range of different experiences yeah and i think that's something important so we'll definitely talk about that but i appreciate it man thank you so much man y'all stay strong and and also oh just real quick on instagram i'm at bishop chronicles follow me there we can stay in tune at bishop chronicles i'll post it on on all the information okay thank you all right many blessings peace